Welcome to Had to Be There, the podcast that allows you to explore the world's greatest destinations through the stories of those who have been there. Here to ignite the wanderlust within, your host and favorite travel planner, Kelly Acevedo. Oi, mates. Welcome back to the Had to Be There podcast, where we are exploring the world one story at a time. I'm your host, Kelly, and this is episode 82. Just a couple of quick housekeeping reminders. Your positive reviews and ratings are always wanted and always appreciated. If you've already done so and still want to show your support, pick an episode and share it with a friend. I usually recommend episode 26 to newcomers, but episode 18 is still my most downloaded. Check out the map that I have posted up at hadtobethere.net of all the places we've virtually been and pick one that might resonate with your circle of friends. And in case you've forgotten, Halloween is coming, which means we are that much closer to the launch of Poltergeists and Pixie Dust, the scary movie survival podcast with a happily ever after twist that I'm creating with my lifelong friend, Laura. Check out poltergeistsandpixiedust.com for more updates on that project as they come. Okay, 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 okay. So much news from the world. So hey, put your sound up. You know why? I think it's time for a weekly Welcome back to the Weekly Roundup, your express pass to the latest travel news and promos from Disney and beyond. I'm your friendly neighborhood travel agent, and I'm here to keep you in the loop with all things Wanderlust worthy. So let's dive in. Thinking of kicking off the new year with a magical adventure? Disney has you covered. Book your Walt Disney World Resort stay at select resort hotels by December 15th and save big. Get up to 25% off on stays from January 9th, 2024 through February 22nd, 2024. Plus, enjoy savings of up to 30% on stays from February 25th through March 24th of 2024. Don't miss out on this chance to make your Disney dreams come true. Speaking of Disney, I have a little reminder for you. If you're planning a visit during select dates from October through March, that's October 2023 through March 2024, you can score a Disney dining promo card worth up to $1,000 when you book a five-night, four-day vacation package that includes a stay at a select Disney deluxe resort or Disney Deluxe Villa Resort, plus theme park tickets. And if you're wondering, uh, what if I stay longer than five nights? You can get even more than $1,000 on that Disney Dining promo card. So this is for sure a delicious deal you don't want to pass up. If after today's episode, England is just calling your name, you're in luck. How about staying three nights, but only paying for two at the Intercontinental London Park Lane? 
This offer is valid for stays through December of this year. So contact me for more information and get out there to explore the charm of London Town. River cruising, anyone? Viking Cruises is ready to take you on a journey you won't forget. Explore the heart of Europe with their incredible itineraries. You'll enjoy complimentary shore excursions, free Wi-Fi, and visits to UNESCO World Heritage Sites. Prices start from just $21.99 per person, and you can sail along the Danube, the Rhine, through the Panama Canal, and beyond. I even heard they're going to be adding some cruises down the Nile. So this is a travel experience that you're definitely going to want to add to those bucket lists. And finally, Venice lovers, listen up. The City of Canals is taking steps to combat overcrowding. Starting in the spring of 2024, day trippers visiting Venice's old city will be charged a five euro or $5.35 tax to help preserve this beautiful destination. Overnight travelers, commuters, and people owning residential property within the town limits will be exempt, but everyone else is going to have to uh, pull out their wallets and register your trip online. That platform hasn't been released yet, but I will keep you updated when it is. So let's help keep Venice as stunning as ever. As always, if any of these updates have piqued your interest or you need more details or have questions about other destinations, follow me on Instagram at vacationsby underscore Kelly or head over to hadtobethere.net slash vacations. I've got all the insider info to make your dream vacation a reality. So that's a wrap, my adventurous friends. I will be back next and every week with more travel news and promos from Disney and beyond right here on the Weekly Roundup. I've taken the liberty of putting together a list of the top five historical towns of Greater Manchester, England. Our first stop on this historical tour is Altrincham. This charming market town within the boundaries of Greater Manchester boasts a timeless atmosphere. The traditional architecture will make you feel like you have turned back the clock. Wander through the streets and immerse yourself in history. Or visit the renowned Altrincham Market, the bustling hub with roots dating back centuries. Next on my list is Berry, a town known for the iconic Berry Market. It's a place where history and commerce collide, offering a unique shopping experience steeped in tradition. Don't forget to explore the town's historical landmarks, such as Berry Parish Church and the intriguing Berry Castle. Our journey continues to Rochdale. This industrial town played a pivotal role in the cooperative movement, making it a significant historical destination. Discover the past as you explore Rochdale Town Hall and the charming streets that tell the story of this vibrant town. Now let's venture over to a town whose roots may be of interest to uh, all men everywhere, if you believe TikTok. I'm talking about the town of Wigan, whose roots date back to Roman times. 
Wiggins Industrial Heritage, including coal mining and cotton mills, provides a glimpse into its fascinating past. Explore the town's historic buildings and feel the echoes of history all around you. And finally, our fifth and final stop brings us to the eastern part of Greater Manchester and the setting for this week's episode. This town played a crucial role in the textile industry during the Industrial Revolution. And as you wander its streets, you'll encounter historic architecture and visit sites like the Civic Hall that breathe life into the town's vibrant history. This is Daily Bridge. Hey, Bob. Welcome to the Had to Be There podcast. I'm so excited to chat with you today. Welcome, and I appreciate you having me. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. So before we jump in, can you tell us a little about you? What's your background? Uh, Yeah, not too much to tell. I, of course, live in Hampton Roads, Virginia, which is essentially Norfolk, Virginia Beach, Virginia area. I lived here all my life. I'm currently 50 years of age. I am a motivational speaker and real estate agent. Excellent. So being that you were born and raised in Virginia, did you have the opportunity to travel much growing up? Not so much. I mean, we did pretty much the standard vacation stuff. We would go to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Um, We did go to Texas one year and I got to go to the Alamo, which at the time was a huge thing for me. Of course, funny enough, it was a two week trip. The second week of the trip, my brother and me both got chicken pox. Oh, no. So, yeah, it was the second part of that trip on the way home was literally nothing but hotel rooms. Oh. Just, you know, standards, yeah. you know, sick as a dog type of, type of thing. Yeah. Oh, that's rough. Can you remember if there was ever any specific uh, trip or experience that made you feel like, I definitely want to travel. I I want to see what else is out there. I know that there's life beyond Virginia. <laughs> you know, I think we always, I always had that feeling because we would go and visit my, my great grandmother and my great aunt in Radford, Virginia, my mother's side of the family. Mm-hmm. So we would go up there and we would always, one of my fondest memories is my father, before we left on Sundays, we would go to a bookstore, book and magazine store, and dad would get the newspaper and all that. And we would, each of us would be able to pick out a magazine, both myself, my brother, and my sister. Now, I asked dad about that years later. He, he basically said, it, you know, it's a five-hour drive. It's a good way to keep you quiet. You know, <laughs> but we always looked at it as this kind of rite of passage that we knew we were going to go there and you know, pick out a cool magazine or comic book or whatever. So it sticks out as a very, very happy childhood family memory that even to this day, my brother and my sister and I will talk about from time to time. Oh, that's so sweet. (laughs) So tell us first, tell me where it is that you're taking us today. Today, we are going to a little bit of London, England on the tourist side of things. After that, we are going to Essentially, Staley Bridge, which is a part of Manchester, England. I have friends of mine that live in Staley Bridge, and my ex-wife, we were able to visit them in 2009. Okay. Was that the reason for the visit was to go see friends, or what drew you to this specific region? It was kind of a combination. You know, obviously, you know, my, my wife wanted to go to check out London, England and all, you know, all the touristy stuff. 
Sure. And I was fine with that. And it just kind of was a, quite honestly, it was a combo trip to where we did the first three days in London by ourselves. Again, doing most of the touristy stuff, you know, Victoria and Albert Museum, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then we flew over to Manchester and stayed with our friends in Stanley Bridge. And that's really, to me, is the the whole, the better portion of the trip is without a doubt being in Stanley Bridge all the way across the board. Okay. So tell me a little bit about this area because I'm not familiar with it. Is it a small town or little like cottages is what I'm picturing? <laughs> uh, I would say it's... <laughs> You know, you could call it a borough of a bigger city, uh, a okay. neighborhood, perhaps. Sure. Um, St- Staley Bridge has their own football team or soccer. Of course, you know we sure. call it soccer yep. in America, of course, but football. And they're, I believe, fifth or sixth level. Don't quote me on that. It's been a while. <laughs> but it's you know not a lot of nice pubs. Just a you know fairly just a smaller area of Manchester, I guess. For you know, for all intents and purposes. Okay. So take us through this experience and your had to be their moment there. Honest to God, I think for me is everybody was just, it was really cool and everybody was really nice. We were in a, again, in a somewhat small area to where Gary and Gaynor, who are our friends and we're, and I'm still friends with them. They knew everybody locally. So they knew we were coming. The local pub was at a, at a train station and I can remember going in and everybody, you know, asking, are you the Americans that are staying with, you know, with Gary and Gaynor? And we signed like the guest book and they gave us some little stickers and stuff. Um, so that was a lot of fun. Just, you know, going out and with them and with their friends. Yeah. There's a, a couple of real serious what I would consider highlights. And I drank a whole lot more then. But um, <laughs> their neighbor, Al, was a member of the one of the local motorcycle clubs. And he had a Staley Bridge Motorcycle Club shirt on. And I admired it because my father, you know, still at the time, still rode motorcycles. And... Obviously, you can't get that shirt because you're not part of the motorcycle club. <laughs> so we went out that night. We were enjoying ourselves with some some beers and things of that nature. And Al comes to the house the next morning. And I think we were actually getting ready to leave that morning. And he looks at me and he goes, and he throws the shirt at me. And he goes, I was impressed with you last night, mate. You went pint for pint with me. You know, and I was like, to me, that was a great compliment. And I ended up with the shirt. So I was pretty happy. Oh, I hope all these so years cute. later, Al doesn't get in trouble, but, you know, I'm sure he can get another shirt. <laughs> we won't tell. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, we won't tell him. Exactly. The other big thing was I got to go to uh, a local soccer match or football match that, again, I've never done that before. And to do it on that level was, again, a lot of fun. Everybody was very cool, very polite. I really got into it, you know, about halfway through it, you're, I'm, you know, yelling and screaming and you got the guys on the sidelines that are really doing the traditional call and repeat. So they're, you know, oh, let's go. I, of course, I can understand a word coming out of their mouth, but, you know, I got the, the gist of it. And then at halftime, everybody goes into the pubs and, and has a couple of drinks and then they come back out for the for the second half. So I got to do that. That was really, really cool. Um Went to, believe it or not, went to Sherwood Forest, you know, Robin Hood. Oh, that's and incredible. it's funny because Gary and Gaynor made the comment that, you know, and I think we all do this is we don't necessarily go in our own backyards and travel around like a tourist, you know. Yes. 
So they had never been there all the years of living there. They just, you know, which again, there's stuff where I live that I've never been to. Sure. That if I was showing somebody, I would probably take them to. But mm-hmm. so we got to go see Sherwood Forest and all of that. And that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that. Um, yeah. It was just, it was cool all the way around. I mean, it was just a great trip. Everybody was polite. Um, everybody was, you know, we went to the bars one night and it was like every club was a different style. So there was like a 50s and 60s dance club, an 80s dance club. There's a, a modern dance club. Oh, how and fun. I'm watching this girl and she's got on this outfit that she clearly is way too tight. And she would get like two steps. And this has got to be probably midnight and we've been enjoying ourselves. And she she would walk like a foot or two, pull her dress back down, go a foot or two. And I'm just laughing and giggling like an idiot because I think it's hilarious. It's going to take her an hour to get to whatever the, <laughs> I guess, the modern club that she was going to. I don't know. Oh but um, it was a good time. Um, got to have some good foods that I had never had before. Yeah. The traditional English breakfast was huge. Like I, I couldn't even, you know, eat all of it because yeah. uh, Gaynor made it one morning and I, the first morning we stayed with them and I was just like, holy cow. I was like, I cannot eat all this food. Yeah. But it was just a really, really good trip all the way around. Um, I'm glad I went. We've made plans or I've made plans to go back with my girlfriend but obviously COVID got in the way, you know, how yeah. that goes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You also mentioned having uh, an emotional moment on your birthday um, at Westminster Abbey. Do you want to talk about that? So this is 2009. My mother had passed away mm-hmm. in the end of June. And essentially my mother got sick very quickly. She got, she was diagnosed with stage four cancer and was gone in three weeks. Oh, like she got, goodness. so it was, very, and I was very close to my mother. I'm still very close to my father, but it was yeah. devastating all the way around. Yeah. So October 13th, we were, we do uh, Westminster Abbey. And as you're doing the little tour, you go around the corner and there's all of these, the tea lights. And they're like, light a candle for a loved one that you, I'm getting wound up now, even thinking about it. Um, oh, no. <laughs> and I'm literally, we'll and I, I got cry. around the corner <laughs> and saw it and just, and I, don't think I had processed it so much that it was my birthday and my mother wasn't around and blah, blah, blah. And I just, I lost it. I'm literally, and I mean, I'm just full on third grade year old, just crying, boo-hooing and crying yeah. in the middle of Westminster Abbey with a bunch of strangers that I've never met before. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I just, I cried, basically sat there for a good 10 minutes, got some tissues and just cried it out. And then, okay, well, we're going to continue on with the day. But I had no idea that was there. We were just kind of wandering around looking at stuff, smiling, and and it just, you know, hit me like a truck. Yeah. Isn't it fascinating that, like, you're in a place that you had never been to with your mom, and you felt that connection so strongly there. That's. Yeah, it's so, I mean, even to this day, it'll it'll still get me a little wound up, you know, just because it was just. Yeah. You know, such a big thing at the time. And, and it was unexpected, I guess, because that wasn't the point of the trip. Right. It was to go and see our friends and, and do some fun things. And it just happened to, again, there's the perfect storm. The Had to Be There podcast is brought to you by Vacations by Kelly, where your host becomes your travel agent. 
As a proud affiliate of Academy Travel, Kelly specializes in Disney destinations and can help with all non-Disney excursions worldwide as well. When you book with Kelly, you're getting much more than a travel agent. You're getting a personalized concierge level travel partner. And the best part? Her services are completely free. It's true. So when you're ready to make your next travel dream a reality, Vacations by Kelly is ready to make it happen. Visit hadtobethere.net slash vacations to get started. Why do you think people should add Staley Bridge to their travel bucket lists? I would say because it's a little bit off the beaten path. And I think it's I think you get more of a local perspective. Again, when we went to London, it was all it was it was tourist stuff as far as the eye could see. I mean, we weren't off the beaten path. We didn't know anybody. So we pretty much stuck to the tried and true stuff that you do when you go to London, Mm -hmm. which is fine. But it's not the same as being on the ground and you know, especially, you know, staying with people that you absolutely love and adore and then being welcomed with open arms, you know, across the whole time we were there. I I would, I mean, again, I'm still making plans to go back to Staley Bridge and see Gary and Gaynor again. You know, my girlfriend and I have talked about it. Yeah. I would have already done it, but again, COVID, of course, you know, messed everybody up. I know. But I've done cruises. I've done, I did a tour to Scotland, which was a lot of fun. Ooh. Um, but definitely going to Staley Bridge and having somebody there that could, you know, uh, to give you an example of that, in America, especially before the craft beer revolution, you couldn't really go into a bar and get a taste of a beer. It just didn't happen. And they were pretty much all domestics. So I'm with Gary in the pub and he's like, well, that looks good. He goes, that good. And then I was like, well, I don't want to buy something. And then I'm stuck with it, which is my mentality. And he's like, and he looks at me like I'm an idiot. You know, and he's like, well, just ask for a taste. I'm like, do what? And he's like, yeah, ask for a taste or give you a little pint, you know, a little shot glass. If you like it, order it. And if you don't, that's fine. Wow. So I was fascinated by that because it never, and now you can, you could go into a bar now and, and I know that you can do that. But at the time, it never crossed my mind. The other thing I thought was interesting was when I was in Scotland, I had fell in love with a beer called Tenant's Lager. Now, mm-hmm. according to, most people, Tenet's Lager is kind of like the Budweiser of America. So it's kind of an everyman, kind of low-grade beer. And I'm telling <laughs> I'm telling Gary how much I enjoy the Tenet's. And he, again, he kind of laughs and giggles because, you know, like, stupid American, you know. <laughs> I mean, he's like, he's like, that's not a good beer. He was like, these are, <laughs> he's like, you need to try this and this. And, and, and he was right. I still enjoy Tenet's, but. Again, he was right. I opened my mind up to, you know, so again, I'm getting that one-sided perspective of stuff. Yeah. You know, and it was fascinating because a lot of the people in the pubs over there were drinking American beers, which I guess is their equivalent of me drinking a Heineken in the States. It's like, oh, it's imported, you know. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Ooh, it's a Miller, you know, (laughs) to where I would turn my nose up at a Budweiser at this point because, again, it's like I can have that a million times a day if I wanted to. Right, right. So it was just a lot of stuff like that. Um, Just, again, kind of getting a bit more of an insider perspective. And I, I would definitely, I know I keep going back to it. I would recommend it 115%. Excellent. Um, Bob, are you ready to play Passport Picks? 
I am ready to play passport picks. I'll do the best I can anyway. Okay, so first of all, do you have any kind of tally as to how many different places you visited, how many different states or countries or regions? Okay, I would say, let me see, we've done, I did two cruises to Bermuda, Mm. um, Scotland, London, England, Staley Bridge, you know, that whole area there. Oh, Lord. We did, I did a big, with my girlfriend and I, we went up to Pennsylvania a few years ago, or was it, yeah, up by like the Poconos and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and kind of did a whole little tour up there, and that was fun because they had the mining towns and like some of the old trains you could ride on. Yeah. We did a lot of that type of stuff. Obviously, I've done most of the big tour stuff in my local area, Williamsburg, Yorktown, yeah, you know, things of that lots nature. Lots of history in Virginia. Yeah. Well, again, Virginia, I mean, good and bad. I remember, which is funny because years ago when we were in elementary school, we went to the Confederacy Museum in Richmond, Virginia. Oh, wow. Which nowadays, all these years, again, you figure that was the 80s. These years later, they would not sponsor a school trip to send a bunch of kids to the Confederate Museum. It's just not going to happen. You got to learn that information on your own. Yeah. But I remember going to that. And then I think like the regular Richmond Museum and stuff like that. So obviously done Texas, Asheville, North Carolina. If you get a chance, go to the Biltmore Museum in Asheville, North Carolina. Beautiful, beautiful place. And they decorate it up for all the different holidays. It's a essentially it's a gigantic mansion from way back in the day. Wow. And again with Virginia, we've I've done Monticello, uh, Madison's home, all of all of the, the typical quote unquote tourist places. Yeah. Oh, great. I love all that stuff. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Do you have a favorite destination that you visited that stands out that you would go back to again and again? If I would say I had a favorite destination, and I know this sounds cheesy, but I'm going to do it anyway, is probably the first cruise to Bermuda because that's where we met Gary, Gary and Gaynor at on that cruise. Aww. So we were, they were part of our, our evening table so we have you know you have a table of like eight people where it's typically going to be couples sure and we had a a couple beside us that were had to be a thousand years old (laughs) Gary Gaynor there was a couple that just they were constantly I guess fussing at each other if more than anything else so for whatever reason we've started talking to Gary and Gaynor a little bit at dinner and then we ran into them after going to something else on a two on that Tuesday night and just clicked and connected to where yeah. every you know we would go do our own stuff separately, of course, as couples. But invariably, back on the ship, we would hook up and go to whatever the show was, or we would go to the. We used to go to the Viking Lounge every night. They would again. I've never been a big dancer, but it was a lot of seventies, eighties, and sixties dance music. Yeah. So <laughs> Gary and I are hanging out, and we're drinking rum and cokes, and the girls are hanging out. And it got to the point where by Thursday, the bartender knew who, who we were. Plus, we tipped well. And I I was always I was taught when you go on a cruise to tip in cash, because let's be honest, 
you can, you know, your drinks are a little stronger. You're a little yeah. better taken <laughs> care of, you know. So by Wednesday, by Thursday, we would, you know, show up and, and, and Vinny would be like, Gary, Bob, what are you doing? And he would, you know, the drinks are on the table. We're ready to go. Aww. And so I, I think for me that, you know, trip meant more than anything because we got to meet them. The second cruise we went on just wasn't the same. It was, I mean, we had a good time, but it wasn't nearly the same because we really didn't find anybody that we connected with. It was a, a different style of cruise, I guess. It yeah. just wasn't the same. Yeah, I get that. Have you discovered a local food or drink that was that just blew your mind? Like <laughs> in Scotland, I fell in love with haggis, believe it or not. Really? They, they they gave us a traditional Scottish dinner, like and they had like the Scottish dancers and all of that, which was very cool. Wow. Matter of fact, one of the dancers is actually Korean. Like apparently he had Korean parents, they moved to Scotland when he was very young. So you got all of these pasty white Scottish people dancing in the full regalia of the whole nine yards. And then you've got, you know, this Korean guy. And again, wow. he's got the accent, the whole, because he grew up there. Oh, so that was interesting. interesting. But I got hooked on the haggis, the, which mixed with turnips is taters and neats. And I ate the heck out of it. And I'm a very picky eater. So even my wife at the time was like, really, you're going to eat that? And I'm just <laughs> going to town on it. Like, this is the greatest thing ever. Wow. You know, don't know why, but I did. I fell in love with it. Oh, and I, I love told that. people that. And even when I told Gary about it, Gary, you know, as an Englishman, Gary was like, really? You know, <laughs> no, we're not, we're not going to, we're not going to be eating that. We're going to end up at the Carvery or obviously there's a thousand million curry places in, sure. in, in, in England. So, sure. yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I was I fell in love with it. Weirdest thing in the world. Yeah. Which destination has had the friendliest locals? Oh, Staley Bridge, no doubt. Yeah. And again, probably because Gary and Gaynor, you know, they knew we were coming in town. So the folks knew that that's who we were when we showed up. Um, just across the board, I would I would say Staley Bridge without a doubt. Oh, I love that. I was hoping you'd say that. <laughs> How about, um, do you collect anything or do you have a favorite souvenir or keepsake that you've brought back from a trip? You know, honest to God, I'm not a big souvenir guy. Mm -hmm. When we went to Bermuda the first time, they had this deal to where if you drank the whole glass of beer, you would get it for free. And again, okay. I, was, I was quite a drinker then, too. Okay. I'll preface that. And it was probably 48 ounces of beer. And I killed it inside of like an hour. Again, Wait, I was very much a drinker then. So I took, <laughs> and you got, so I got to take it home. So I ended up taking this stupid mug, gigantic pitcher home with me. <laughs> um, so other than that, other than like basic pictures and stuff like that, I'm more of a, uh, I'm a memory guy. I don't necessarily need a ton of pictures, but I'm weird like that. Like when I meet famous people or meet, do a band meet and greet or something like that, I'm not really an autograph guy and I'm not a selfie guy. So, you know, in that respect, it's more of, mem you know, the good memories and things of that nature. Yeah. Coming away with a good story. Yeah. Coming away like, with a good story. Yeah. Definitely. Now, throughout your travels and life, do you have any travel tips or hacks that you've picked up along the way? 
I have one major one, and it's really silly, but it really works, is the hotel curtains that don't close. And if you okay. take one of the hangers and you with the clips on it and put that on there, it blocks all the light out. And oh. that works. And it works like a champ. It's the stupidest thing. I never would have thought about it. And I was literally on Facebook one day. And, you know, the 20 travel trips, the trips that you need to know. Yeah, yeah. And I looked it up and I was like, and then the next time I went out of town for like a business meeting or something and I did it, I was like, oh, my God, that actually worked. That's crazy. <laughs> oh, I love it. That, that's about as, that's as, as silly and mundane as it can get. But that's, that's a probably great tip. It. I mean, you know. Nobody likes that little beam of light when they're exactly. in the hotel. And it's always right across the bed. So you just yes. don't need to do about it. Yeah. So that works really well. Oh, I love it. Is there anything that's still at the top of your travel bucket list that you haven't been able to cross off just yet? Oh, yeah. I mean, there, I, I think there's always going to be, to some extent, that list. Mm -hmm. um, I would like to go to Ireland. I've never been to Ireland. Like I said, I've done the Scotland mm -hmm. trip. I'd like to go to mm -hmm. Ireland. A buddy of mine have talked about going to Belgium because, again, they've got the really nice Belgian beers. And yeah. really, I'd like to do Europe proper because yeah. you figure you go to Europe, you can pop off and you can do a day or two in France and Spain and Italy and all these little things. So I yeah. think I would that would probably be the biggest thing right now would be go there and shoot off and knock out, you know, the different countries. Yeah. And then, um, Go back and see Gary and Gaynor again. That would be, you know, a top of the list. I guess that would really, be, I would like to do a high end cruise. Like they have those Viking cruise lines over in Europe where you can do that. Now, those things are super expensive. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but you're, so I would like to do something like that where it doesn't really make financial sense, but it's like, okay, well, this is a once in a lifetime thing. We're yeah. going to do it. I'd like to take one of the higher end Amtraks across the country. I think that would be fun. Now, again, monetarily, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Right. But, it's but it would be still be fun to do. And if I was going to do it, it's one of those things you got to do it 110%. So I'm not, I'm not, call me, I'm old, I'm 50, I'm not sharing a bathroom. So I'm going to get my <laughs> own little cabin with all the bells and whistles and it's going to cost me an arm and leg. So it's clearly not tops of the list right now. But again, it's kind of one of them silly things that, okay, if I had the money, I would go ahead and I'd book it tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. For go straight sure. down, head to California and then work my way back on this train with all yeah. the little, you know, living like a king anyway. Oh man, I love that. <laughs> Bob, you've had an interesting um, career path. I was reading that you started as a chemist before you got into real estate and now you're coaching. Can you kind of take us through how that all evolved? You know, honestly, what it comes down to is I kind of had a, I guess, a revelation or whatever in probably 2005 that. I didn't want to be a chemist for the rest of my life. I'm making 45 grand a year. I'm working 12 hour shifts, mostly night shifts. Ooh. And I could have worked there for years, but you got a ton of bosses and it's not where my heart was. Mm. It's not where I wanted to be long-term. Yeah. So I started digging into other things. And really this is probably 2004 looking into other things and kind of stumbled across, you know, real estate. I started buying rental properties 
And I found that I was a better, it was more fun looking for them than it was owning them. I was trying <laughs> to deal with them myself. I wasn't a very good landlord because I was way too nice. Yeah. And I didn't take that process and move it over to let somebody else handle it like I should have. Mm-hmm. So I got my real estate license and just, I would describe it as I got lucky. I fell in love with something that I was good at that just everything fit perfectly. So we started putting together a three-year plan to, for me to leave the chemical plant, paid off debt, you know, learn more about the industry, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I'm very proud of that fact that I did it in two years. So I walked out of the, out of the lab in April of 2007 and I never looked back. So I've had the joy of like, we were literally at, in we were in Staley Bridge, we were at, um, Nottingham and Sherwood Forest in Nottingham. Mm-hmm. And I'm on the phone finishing up a real estate deal, talking to somebody in the States, trying to wrap this thing up on something on the, on the Blackberry, no less, you know, we're still talking <laughs> Blackberry time, yeah. right? you know? Um, so I've been in real estate since then. So I was obviously full-time and I love it. And along the way started doing some real estate coaching, real estate mentoring, especially after the two heart attacks and the bypass. It was, you know, because I had a two heart attacks and a bi- quadruple bypass in 2008. Oh my gosh, that's so scary. Um, so it kind of made me think about things and want to give back a little bit more. Yeah. And I've kind of been going down that path. I have always been a very positive person. So... It just kind of snowballed from there, and it's something I enjoy doing. I enjoy the coaching, the mentoring. I'm in the middle of putting an audio book together along with a workbook. So I'm really pushing it through. I've There's a university called Regent University in Virginia, and I will be their business keynote speaker in October talking about honesty in business, which is kind of my big thing is be honest to yourself and who you are. I mean, mm. I can walk into a million dollar house with jeans and a t-shirt because I'm that guy and I don't really care. I'm yeah. going to be who I am. Yeah. Most of my podcast, some of them have been discussing my divorce. Some of them have been discussing mental health. Some of them have been real estate orientated. And I put them all out there because I'm kind of like, you know, if you find something good in here, great. If you don't, that's fine too. I don't really care. And I am who I am. And at this point, there's, and I hate to say it and it sounds mean, but there's about 10 people in this world that whose opinions I really care about. Yeah, And that's, that's kind valid. of a good feeling at this point because I've almost died repeatedly and yeah. whatever. Take me yeah. or don't, don't care. <laughs> but yeah. I absolutely love the coaching, the mentoring. It feels good to help somebody move to their next level. And I'm all about pushing that you know, getting out of your comfort zone and doing what you want to do. Hey, if you want to work at the same job for the next 50 years, more power to you. I don't have a problem with that. And I have friends of mine that do that and they're absolutely happy with that. Yeah. But if you want to do more and see more or be more, whatever, whatever your more is, then let's make it happen. You know, using persistent progress and, you know, just forward momentum and things like that. That's a long winded answer, but anyway. No, that's, <laughs> it's all good information though. <laughs> <laughs> Bob, where can people find you if they want to connect and follow along with what you're up to? Okay. Uh, like most folks, you can find me on Facebook and LinkedIn at uh, essentially Bob the agent. 
is a good way. In okay. addition to that, the new website is out uh, or should be out as of today, whatbobthinks.com. You'll find all of my podcasts, all of my coaching stuff, you know, a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Um, that would probably be a very good spot and bobtheasian.com. And I'm the type of person, I like to answer the phone. I'm weird like that. So by all means, find me, send me a message, call me. I mean, I've had folks on Facebook that have, you know, read like or seen one of my real estate podcasts that I've done and have reached out on Facebook and be like, hey, I really like that little nugget that you shared the other day or your talk about mental health. I really appreciated that. And I'm like, well, give me a call and we talk about whatever. I have no problems with that. I'm again, I'm kind of weird like that. At worst case, if I can't talk, I'll tell you I can't talk right now and we'll schedule a time to do that. But I'm I'm kind of old school in that way. I actually will answer the phone and answer text and all of that. So that's all of the normal methods to get a hold of me. Excellent. I will include links to all of the things in the episode show notes so people can easily connect. Awesome. I hope that you finally make it on one of these extravagant vacations that you have dreamed up. And when you do, you can come back and tell me all about it. I would love to. I have a blast. I would be happy to be on anytime you need me. Thanks, Bob. Awesome. If you enjoyed this episode, the best way to show your support is to rate or review us on whatever platform you're listening. And if this episode left you feeling like you just had to be there, reach out to Kelly to start planning an adventure of your own. Don't forget to follow us at HadToBeThere203 on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And visit our website, www.HadToBeThere.net. Until next time, get out there and make your own had to be there memories.